0: If you're a member inside SurfScale SOAR, you've probably heard me say, what does your contract say? And I usually say this when someone comes to a question for me, like, hope, this situation's happened. Late payments, maybe they want to cancel their contract, maybe like X, Y, and Z happened, and they don't know how to handle it. And the first question I say is... What does your contract say? And so many service providers are missing elements inside their contract that could save all these questions where you would go to your contract and you would know exactly what the answer is. So today I'm going to break down the four things that I think you need in your contract that a lot of people don't have. So if you're ready to uplevel your contracts and make client situations easier, let's jump on in Serve scale, sore. Oh my goodness. Welcome back, my friend. My name is Brandy Miles. And if this is your first time tuning in, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are about to become Earbud Besties. And if you're a returning listener, oh my word, I appreciate you every single week tuning into the podcast. So into spotlight, one of those people, before we jump into this week's episode on contracts, I want to give a big shout out to Andrea SDJ. She gave us five stars, and she said there's something for everyone. Have you ever heard a tip or some great advice and you agreed with it? Just to realize a week later, I can use this for myself. This morning, I had an aha moment. I love that Brady keeps it real and simple. I also love her guests and their stories. I learn something new every time. Andrea, my friend, thank you so much for that five star review. And if you are like, yes, I get value from this podcast and you haven't left us a review yet, please take the time just to leave us a quick, honest review. We love reading these. I personally read them and you may be our next listener shout out. So let's jump on into this week's episode. And I need to preface this with yes, I went to law school. No, I'm not an attorney. And No, this is not official legal advice. So you should always consult an attorney, but you can also do your contracts, whatever you want. And so I just need to preface this. This is not legal advice. This is real life advice. And so when we talk about contracts, the thing with a contract is in the situation of freelancers, virtual assistant service providers, the chances of getting sued are like so incredibly small. Because the damages that, if there were damages or a dispute about your work, the value is probably so low that it would actually cost more to go to court than just to forget the whole situation to begin with. Now, does that mean you can never be sued? No. I mean, anyone can sue for anything. We've seen stuff like people suing McDonald's for having hot coffee. So yes, people can sue for anything. However, Your risk of being sued as a freelancer are so, so small. So then... Is this me saying like you don't even need a contract? No, I one hundred percent think that everyone should have a contract. This is why we contracted with a pay like a real life attorney, a practicing attorney with a like her license and everything. We purchased contracts to license inside our membership serve scale store and in our program conversions for clients for ad managers because I think every single service provider should have a contract. I believe that it sets the tone for the relationship and it shows that this is a professional relationship. So what I love about contracts is it sets the expectations for you in writing. Do all your clients read the contract before they sign it? Probably not. Some of them will. And there will be times where they don't like a clause that's in there and ask you to change and you can decide if you want to change it or not. That's always available to you But what I love about a contract is, especially for our people who are a little bit more passive, they don't like conflict. They don't like when tough situations come up. I don't think any of us love when tough situations come up, but like you never want to be the person who gets into a conflict or something like that. And what a contract does is it handles that conflict for you because all you have to say is, well, unfortunately, according to this section in the contract, like we just can't do that. And I have to stick to our contract because if I don't, then it's void. And so it's really, really important that we can use this as a way to set our expectations, our boundaries, which y'all know I think is so, so important. So a few questions that usually get asked inside Surf Skills is, this has happened, this situation, and I don't know what to do. And everyone gives advice. And my first question is always, what does your contract say? because if our contracts are really solid, the contract answers the question for us. We don't need advice. We just say, hey, the contract says this and that's the way it is. But what most of the time happens is when they come with these questions, their contract doesn't answer the question that I'm suggesting. So even if you buy a templated contract, you can still add these things. So I'm going to go over the four things I think you need in your contract that most people are forgetting. And these are in no particular order. These are just the four things that I see the most questions about and I always had in my contracts. So the first one is a late payment policy. So in your contract right now, you can pull it up and look through and see what your late payment payment policy is and you may have one in there that says like what it is and maybe it's just the standard one but you don't really like that policy change it you can do that and so some examples are these are just examples once again this is not legal advice but some people have once the payment is late all work will stop some people give people five-day grace periods some people add on a percentage like a late fee percentage I think you should do whatever makes you feel good. For me, I did have a late fee that was added on after X amount of days. But I did also say that soon as a payment is late, all work will stop. Because I'm not going to work if I'm not getting paid. And so all work will stop. That's something I added to mine and there was a late fee after X amount of days. And so you have a lot of options with this and you can even Google service provider late payment policy and get some different examples. Like there's so many contract templates out there and stuff. And a lot of it's free on Google. Now, maybe not the exact contract, but different clauses in contracts. You can get examples of those and see what works for you. Or ask other service providers, what's yours? Like, what has worked for you? And that's a great question to come to SurfScale SOAR, the membership, and be, instead of saying like, oh, I don't know what my late policy should be, instead say, this is what I'm thinking. What do others have that has worked for them? Because it may be in there, but if they've never had to use it, It doesn't mean it's necessarily working for them. The best advice is going to be from people who have had late payments, and this is what happened. Another thing you can do is have it where they have to do auto pay. To work with you, it has to be set up on auto pay. Then, unless their cards decline, you're not going to have an issue of late payments. So that's another thing that you could put in your contract is, I only work on auto pay. So they have to set it up where it comes out on X date each month. But so one thing to get clear on is what is your late payment policy? And you need to actually know what it is. A lot of times these things are just in standard contract templates and you don't even know what your late payment policy is until it happens. And then you're like, oh, man, I don't even like this one. Like maybe it gave them 30 days to pay. And you're like, that doesn't work for me. And so we need to know what these policies are that we have the clauses in the contract. So number one, what is your late payment policy? Two, the next thing you need is what is your canceling the contract or terminating the contract policy? Here's one that gets really sticky and a lot of people don't know until it's too late. Can they cancel if they're locked into a three-month contract? Can they cancel? Like, is there a way for them to get out of the contract? And what is that policy? Do they have to pay a certain percentage to buy out the contract? Do you stop work immediately once they say, hey, I'm going to cancel? Or do you delete work that you've done? Like, do they not get the assets that you've already completed? What does that look like for you? One example we say with our ad clients is that one thing that I always had in mind and one thing I suggest is if they cancel the contract early, all the assets get deleted and removed. So any graphics, copy, all of that we take back. Also, we turn off and delete any ads because they're canceling the contract early, so they're not going to be able to go in and turn on. Now, maybe you, like something happened. If someone had a traumatic event or something and they're just having to like lay off some people and you may be like, okay, well, I'm not going to do that. You don't have to do what's in the contract when it comes to termination, but you should have it in for like, what if these people are like wanted to use you for a month, grab the work, and then they're going to go pay someone in the Philippines $5 an hour to do it instead of you because they already have their strategy. So I always like to think, what is the worst case scenario? And how would I want to handle that? Put that in the contract because then you have flexibility. And so what happens if they cancel the contract early? Do they have to give you 30 days notice with payment? Do you continue to work during that time? Or is all work stopped, but they still owe you? These are things to think about when it comes to canceling or terminating a contract early. Once again, you can Google terminating contract early contract policy and see different ones that come up or clauses and see what fits what you do so like let's say you're doing a web design and there's three payments then if they cancel the contract early do they get any of the assets do they get you know like the wireframe do they get any logos graphics you've done yet Or do they lose all that and the money goes like they don't get any money back? These are all things to think about and keep it top of mind. Like, what do you want your contract termination policy to look like? So we've talked about late payments. We've talked about termination of contract early. The third one is turnaround time. What is your turnaround time? So with projects, it's like, let's go back to the web design. If you're doing a web design, then you would want to put all the dates in there. Like have a clause that says, here's the dates and also have when they need to get you everything by. Because then if they don't get you that back, then you have it in your contract. Like this is what happens if, you know, you don't get it to us in time or this happens or this happens. And so we want to make sure that we have all of this stuff in our contract. Or let's say that you're doing like podcast editing or management. And I know this is something I've talked about with podcast managers is like, You have to have your episode to us 10 days before it airs or you pay X fee or that podcast doesn't get out. So that's part of scope of work. Like what happens if you're not getting the work you need? Also, if you're doing like maybe OBM work or something like that and you have random tasks coming in, maybe you have a 72 hour turnaround or maybe you put that we don't work on weekends or something like that. Like have it in there what your working hours are, what the scope of your work is. That way, if they come to you, another one is a sales page builder. Like if you're not doing the copy and you're only building, you would have to have in there how many edits are they going to get? Like that needs to be in there. Like how many edits they get two edits before X charge goes in place. We want to have the scope of work in there. And you want to be updating your contract as different situations come up for the next client. So when I first built my very first funnel, I charged way too low, 1500 And we had so many edits. Every time, like such little edits that it would have never even like changed the conversion or anything. So many edits to these funnels, and I was spending all my time going back and forth, changing button colors, things like that. And I should have put in there that once it's approved, you only get two more edits. And so things like that are lessons we learn. So maybe with that client, it's not in there, but make sure it's there for the next client. We want to make sure that we're updating these as different situation comes up and as we learn. So what is your turnaround time? We need to have that in there. What does that look like? And I think I just merged three and four. So turnaround time would be like, here's all the dates. And then the fourth one is scope of work, which kind of blends in with the turnaround time. So what is your scope of work? What are you going to do? What are you not going to do? And I kind of just blended those in there together. So we'll say there's four, but I did them as three. So the first one is late payment policy. What does yours look like? The second one is cancel your termination of contract policy. The third and fourth one together are turnaround time. What does that look like? Does if they get you something, is it 72 hours? If you're doing a website, what are all the dates? What are the deadlines for getting you what you need for ads? Same thing. What is your turnaround time? If they say we want this campaign up, is it a five day turnaround? Is it a 48 hour turnaround? What does that look like for you? And then scope of work. What are you doing? What are you not doing? And so with scope of work, it would be like if you're a social media manager right out there. What is your scope of work? So I will post X post each week. I'll create graphics, I'll write copy, and then it can be like, I'll create two reels per month or something like that, like get really clear. So when they come to you and say, well, we need all this edited, you can be like, that's not what's in our contract. That's something else. Or if you're a Facebook ad manager, right in the scope of work, do you do copy? Do you create the graphics? Like what will you and will you not do? Or will you do highly professional video editing? Like if you don't do that, put that in there. For our podcast managers, when we think about what you do, Are you going to create like those wave graphics for social media? Is that something you do? And if not, don't put it in your work. And then when they come and say, hey, can you start creating these for me? You can say, unfortunately, that's not included in our scope of work for the contract. So what are you actually doing? You don't need to put what you're not doing, but be very, very clear on what your scope of work is. So late payment policy, termination of contract policy, your turnaround time and scope of work. These are the four biggest things that I see people not have in their contract or they have it in their contract, but it's like a standard template one and they didn't go back and edit it to fit what they want their business to look like. And y'all, when you do this, it creates boundaries in your business, which are so, so stinking important. But also it helps you in those hard situations when a client comes to you, you go to your contract and you say, unfortunately, this is what the contract says. So anything outside of that, we would need to add on. So it's an upsell or something like that. And so this keeps you really, really true to your contract. And that's the thing. You have to stay true to your contract. If your contract says, if you don't get me the podcast episode in 10 days, then it won't be aired, then you have to stay true to that. The moment you let them get away with it, then... They're no longer going to listen to your contract because you let them do that before. So maybe you say, hey, according to our contract, I have to have these podcast episodes within 10 days or there's an extra charge or we don't get the podcast out. This is your first warning. After this, we will have to go by what the contract says. You could do that or you could just give them a warning at day 11 and say, hey, according to the contract, We have to have these in within 10 days. I just want to give you a reminder that I have to have this by tomorrow if you want this podcast going out. So this is how we can use our contract to handle client situations to make sure that we're protecting our boundaries and staying within our scope of work and not letting scope creep happen. Go look at your contract. If you don't have one, you need one, get one and go through all of your contract and make notes on like, oh, this actually doesn't work for me or I'm going to delete this section, or I'm going to add this section. And remember, you can use Google to type in other sections of contracts, and they'll give you tons of examples to help you with it. But remember, the contract's not so much about protecting you from being sued. It's more about setting boundaries for you and clients. And so my friends, I'm so excited for you to update your contract and make sure you have these clauses in there to help protect yourself and your boundaries. And until next week, go out, serve your clients, scale your business and soar into the success you deserve. Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve Scale Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.